The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. My name's Chloe Worley. My pronouns are they, she, and I'm a data engineer at BP. My name is Oren Devlin. My pronouns are he, him, and I work within City Global Sourcing Staffing Office. I'm Jackie Roldegar. I'm a litigation lawyer at Hogan Lovells International LLP. My pronouns are she and her. My name is Harry Randall. My pronouns are he, him. Um, I'm an associate in the UK Investment Bank at Jefferies International Limited. I have previously worked in organisations where I wouldn't have been comfortable in being out in the workplace. And I suppose that that was a factor whenever I was looking for new roles and new opportunities. I I went into the recruitment process within City knowing where they stood on social issues and and that was a key aspect of where I wanted to work next. When I first entered the legal industry, my Monday morning routine typically consisted of rehearsing lines on the tube to the much dreaded question, what did you do at the weekend? Because I was terrified that if I revealed too much, I would out myself. At that point, I was introduced to a lawyer at another law firm and she told me that overall her experiences had been very positive and that really calmed me down. And so, yeah, now I'm very open about my sexuality at work and and very comfortable to be out. When I first joined industry straight out of university, I was very much closeted. Having been previously very out and very vocally actively involved in the community, there's this really interesting statistic, actually. Research from 2018 that states that over 40% of young people, that's people ages 18 to 25, go back in the closet when they start their first job. And that was definitely my initial experience. As soon as I realized that it was a safe space and as soon as I saw other people in the industry, in the office, at work, being out and that being okay, I immediately reverted to how I had always been, very vocal, very active in the community. Moving into the workplace was the first time that I was fully out as a gay man. And I think particularly at university, the decision to actually come out was something that was taken out of my control because words travel quick. Uh, So I was very keen to make sure that when I moved into the workplace, I was in control of that. And I chose on what terms I told people. I picked the right conversations at the right time because you will never stop coming out and making sure that you feel comfortable doing that around certain people is driven by role models who have done that in the past, you can see from their experience that actually everything turns out quite all right. When I started as a trainee solicitor at Clifford Chance, I had the privilege of meeting more senior lesbian lawyers and, you know, they were fine. They'd been at the firm throughout their whole career. And that gave me a lot of confidence and I became the firm's LGBTQ rep. But when I left Clifford Chance to go to a US firm, I didn't see any role models. Uh, and it was quite difficult um, because it's very, it is a distraction being in the closet. You're wasting a lot of energy thinking about, am I going to be found out? You, you, you know, you're, it's quite cagey in your answers. You can't really bond with people as well because you're sort of hiding things. And so with role models, I can't emphasize the importance of them because visibility matters. If you don't meet people like you, you can start to think there's something wrong with the way that you look. I think when we talk about leadership and role models you know city has had a milestone moment in the financial services industry with having jane fraser as the first female ceo of a wall street bank you know that change in that culture you know has brought with it representation and progress for all marginalized groups and voices within our organization we're actively talking about the conversation about representation you know in terms of lgbtq plus people we have a very um very firm target 
um, of 3.5% to reflect the demographics within society. And in terms of the role modeling, we now have very senior leaders on the trading floor who are now more comfortable in coming out and being out in the workplace, which has historically been misogynistic, chauvinistic. Intersectionality is something that I do take into consideration for everything, really. I think the best DNI initiatives do have an intersectional focus. When we look at discrimination, um, we have to consider the fact that characteristics can be, you know, complex and uh, and interconnected. So you can't separate my blackness from my uh, from my gender and my um, my sexuality. They're all intertwined, and so I may experience. Um, homophobia differently to a white woman on account of my uh, race and I may experience racism differently to a black man on account of my gender. Having those things in mind is very very important. We simply cannot continue to do things the way that has always been done because it isn't working anymore right. So for the energy industry it's more about shifting mindsets and getting people on board with the fact that change has to happen. I think there are in each company, in each business, a group of dedicated allies, employees, resource networks that are on board with that. I really want to see that happen. But it's about how we bring the rest of the industry in and meet them where they're at so that we can change together. What I would love to see from corporates moving forward is for us to progress some, some form of a dual track process in that companies have an obligation to protect all of their employees be it sexual orientation, gender or other. But I think we also, if we can, need to try and use our platform to raise awareness outside of our immediate environments. There are a lot of people in the world who aren't in as fortunate positions as we are to have that voice, to be able to express how they feel and how they think. And actually, for some, the decision is being taken out of their hands and they don't have a say at all. So I would really like to see corporates progressing sort of outside of their immediate as well. I think that... City has definitely used its platform and its authority to enact change for the betterment of the LGBTQ plus community in the context of Northern Ireland, where we have more than 3,500 colleagues. City did put their head above the parapet to really lead on the corporate um, campaign in the move towards marriage equality in 2018. And certainly, you know, we're not afraid to stand up for our colleagues and the wider LGBTQ plus community, because at a very basic level, it's the right thing to do. Just remember that Pride Month is just one month. We're all LGBTQIA for the rest of the year. And I think allied with that is have pun intended, um, having regular training sessions. I think one-off training sessions on microaggressions and unconscious bias are useful, but you wouldn't expect to be able to run the London Marathon after an hour's training. And more, you know, maybe having the training sessions alongside appraisals or onboarding, or when people are going for promotions, be much more effective and useful all year round. I think also making sure that Pride Month isn't viewed as a tick box exercise. It's a 12-month job, effectively, being a member of the LGBTQIA community i think it takes a lot of work alongside your day job to be involved in such initiatives it can be tiring it can be something that you get to the end of the day and you think i really don't want to do this but it's the right thing to do and i'm going to do it because i believe in it passionately so making sure that you can maintain that momentum is key one of the things that we like to say at bp is pride never stops it's this huge month in june we have it every year but it is all year round for us. So I think the energy that comes out of June 
the people that we get on board who start to understand a bit more about the community, about intersectionality, about big issues that the community are facing, lean into that after June and continue that work. Pride is a really important date in the calendar, but it should be an opportunity to reflect on achievements throughout the year, but also looking towards what what is next. And I think a healthy way to do that is to engage with the key sector organizations. You know, for ourselves, we're very proud of the work we do as a financial services organization, but we're not always experts on LGBTQ plus issues. And that's where we partner and where we collaborate with key sector organizations to ensure that we are doing right by our community. And, you know, in the current climate, I think it's really important to remember that the origins of pride, the leaders in those days were black trans women of color. And we need to be mindful and cognizant that, you know, those are groups who are being heavily targeted right now. And, and we need to ensure that we do our best to protect those groups um, from further persecution. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.